<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, joined today to talk about an interesting topic by Tage Smith, who goes by Mission... Uh, sorry, Tage Seth, who goes by Michigan Football Analytics uh, on Twitter, at MFB Analytics, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Tage, great to have you here. We're going to talk about a, a very interesting metric with that Ravens fans clearly have, 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 have a history with in terms of their own feelings about how they've been impacted by injuries. Mm-hmm. But this is war-adjusted injuries lost, or whale, which is what we do, of course, when Injury games are lost. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the origin of this statistic, and, and we're going to walk through it all the methodology that you've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, me and my coworker, Benjamin Brown, um, we're looking at different injury metrics to evaluate how injuries affected teams throughout the season. And we saw that uh, some other companies had their own injury metrics, but those other metrics were accounting each starter as the same. Uh, injury lost game. So if like the starting quarterback went down, like Dak Prescott, 
it was being counted as the same as if like their defensive tackle went down. So we wanted to create an injury metric that accounted for both positional value and how good a player is. So we used um, PFF war, which Eric eager created a couple of years ago um, to use a player's wins above replacement to track how much, um, you know, war adjusted injuries loss happened during the season to each team. Okay, so that's something we want to talk about for starters is you really need to know the origin of PFF war and whether or not you can trust that statistic. But these two, in a, in a way, I think we don't want to spend too much time questioning PFF war in this, which we probably could. Uh, and we want to spend more about how you use their war metric to come up with your whale statistic, which is going to use the uh, respective value of positions and whatnot. I guess that's, that's actually included the war as well. Yeah, so... Um... We can see here, so if we if we look at how whale works, basically it takes each player's projected war going into each game, and then depending on, on where they show up on the injury report, it assigns a certain amount of war-adjusted injury loss to each player for that game. So um, just based off like their injury status, if they're on IR, if they're declared out, or they're suspended, they have a 0% chance to play in that game. So all of their war will be accounted for in the um, whale metric. If they're doubtful, they only have a 1% chance to play. So 99% of it will be accounted. COVID okay, hold, hold on a second here. So if they're, if they're doubtful, but they do play, you still exclude 99% of their value. So if, they, if they're doubtful, but they end up playing, it's uh, weighted based on how many snaps they end up playing in the game, considering that they probably won't be playing their full snap account. Okay, so I'm I'm missing two things. Well, one case you have one percent uh, uh, is the how whale works. Is this a, like a war in advance of the game somehow, or do you change it to the one percent? How, how does the one percent impact it as opposed to a percentage of snaps impact that whale lost for a given game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once we see that like their injury status going into the game, we have different pathways that we can follow to uh, then we look at their snap count because like. When a player is out or they're suspended or they're on IR, we don't have to look at their snap count for the game. But when they're doubtful or when they're questionable, that's when we start looking at their snap count compared to their snap count when healthy to see if they played a different amount of snaps because they were injured in that game. Okay. So, yeah. So, and then, uh, like, an example of that would be, like, when, when Lamar Jackson um, got COVID this past year, he ended up missing the week 12 game against the Steelers that had to be played at the, on the Wednesday afternoon. Um, so that accounted for 0.08 in whale as he was projected to have 0.08 war in that game, which if you stretch that out over a 16 season span, that's his, you get his actual war of 1.28 wins. So he added 1.28 wins over what a replacement level player would have had in that position last year. Um, but then he was able to come back the next week to play against Dallas on that Tuesday night game where he ended up performing pretty well. Okay, so let's go back again a second. So we had the COVID-19 30% factor. Mm -hmm. How did that impact Whale on the initial table you've got here? Because you, you just said you took out basically 100% of his war for the game because he had 1.28 for the season. Divide that by 16, I get to 0 0.08, sure enough. And then you took him out for one game and, and he, they, it cost 0.08 made a contribution of 0.08 to the whale statistic. So where did the 30% come in for the COVID-19? 
Yeah, so since he was still listed with COVID uh, leading up to the the Dallas game, and um, you know that that game wasn't being able to play on Sunday because they played on a Wednesday the week before, he was still being accounted for seventy um, percent of his WAR going into the game against the Cowboys because his injury report still listed him with COVID uh, up until the night before the game. So you're pretty, the, I, I'm sorry, I've got to get this clear in my own head. These, these five percentages I'm seeing on the screen here are to project forward prior to the play of the game, how much war a team will lo- lose in that game. And then they're of no use because you use the actual. Yeah. So the, the percentages um, aren't, like necessarily being calculated the percentages i just put those there as kind of like a baseline to understand the different types of injuries okay um but yeah then it 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 becomes like basically whether or not the player was was active for the game so so that we you know in actuarial work we look at this this is a probabilistic look forward basis where you're saying there's a 30 percent chance he'll play even though he's got a covid designation Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. and then, but in in point of fact, the outcome is binary. It's one or zero. And if he plays at all, he gets a hundred percent of his expected WAR for that game, or that's the way it's thought of. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't take a loss in whale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. He he lost seventy percent of his value, even if he played the game, because you, you, a lot of times you can make the argument that a a player who's on the injury report might have less value that week in terms of his contribution. Yeah, you're not exactly. doing that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why we we accounted for the percent chance that they play if they're playing injured or if they're playing, um, you know, just recovering from COVID, like he was against Dallas. That we uh, we did research on how much of an impact that actually takes on a player going into the game. Okay, let's keep going, Tage. I appreciate this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then based on just Lamar, we can look at like how the 2020 Ravens compared to the rest of the NFL. So on the x-axis here, we have their war loss from injuries. Uh, the 49ers losing Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, and a lot of other players uh, contributed to them having the most war loss by injuries in the NFL last year. Dallas losing Dak Prescott, some offensive mm-hmm. linemen, and, and other positions too. The Ravens uh, appeared about average with injuries. They got hit by COVID, like mentioned earlier, you know, a little bit harder than, than other teams did, which accounted for some more lost. And then on the y-axis, we can see their wins over their preseason win total. So our thought process behind this was that Vegas it does a pretty good job of gauging each team going into each year, but the only thing they can't account for is injuries, since injuries are pretty random. So we we figured that the teams that Vegas would get wrong, basically, in their preseason win total – um, injuries well, would be a big factor. Yeah, injuries would be yeah. a big factor. And so that's an interest brings up an interesting question. If you look at the sum of all teams, it looks like there might be more teams above the line in terms of. Um, well, I'm not sure in terms of what. Let's talk about that for a second. But but do, are there more teams that uh, that the sum of contributions of relative to preseason nations is it positive or negative? Uh, the the sum so. Yeah, so their their wins over preseason win total will have a negative correlation with war loss from injuries, which makes sense. If you if you're losing more war, the the um you'll you'll more likely have wins under your preseason projected win total. Okay. I I'm asking a slightly different question because I'm asking you only to evaluate the y-axis here. 
and, mm-hmm. and I'm saying uh, relative to their their preseason expected, and I can't immediately eyeball this and, t- and tell you which is true or not, did teams do better or worse than their preseason expected win total in aggregate, forgetting injuries for a moment? Just, oh, just, oh yeah. okay. Forgetting injuries, um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's about a 50-50 split. You can see the dashed line on the uh, across the you know the y intercept is exactly at zero. So um, there you go. That, that's so that's what I should have been looking at. Now now I understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good point. Okay, and, and I I looked down at the Texans in the lower left. This is kind of funny, actually, kind of sad, also. So we think of them as having injuries and having problems, certainly in 2020, but it wasn't injuries. It was other stuff. Yeah, exactly. The only the the big loss for them was Will Fuller being suspended the last three games of the season. But other than that, they were a pretty healthy team. They were just bad, um, which is rare to see. That's why you only see four teams in the bottom left, mm-hmm. which you know most teams that stayed healthy ended up doing really well. You can see in the in the top left, including all four teams that made the conference championship games: Packers, Buccaneers, Chiefs, and um, and Bills all stayed healthy and benefited them. And then, yeah, and then there, there were only four teams that stayed healthy but ended up going under their preseason win total. Okay. Miami did extremely well in both categories, mm-hmm. way above their expectation and very low injuries. I uh, guess that's uh, just a good year for them. I know they had one of the really cheap offenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- interesting stuff. I, 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 this, this alone is a very telltale graph that we could probably spend a lot of time on, but let's, let's move forward with the metric. Cool. Yeah, so then this is just a look at the the Ravens specifically in 2020. Um, so you have, you know, Ronnie Stanley going down in in week eight. Um, you know, so that when you lose an All Pro left tackle like that, that's going to take a that's going to give a pretty big impact on uh, on a team like that. So at, at PFF, we have um, Ronnie Stanley is one of the best left tackles in football. So his, his WAR was really high. Um, and so he he ended up losing 0.2 war adjusted injuries lost, which is pretty big for a non-quarterback. Right. Well, let's look at that for a second because it's interesting to relate that. So they lost eight and a half games to Ronnie Stanley, including the Pittsburgh game. By the way, what do you do about the Pittsburgh game? You look at his snaps and you take some take some value away, or do you not? The the game where he was hurt, did he lose? Did he have a whale contribution? Yeah. So if they if they have a um. 50% or more decrease in a current game, it, it counts it as it picks it up and it says we can assume that they got injured in this game. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it, it probably picked up a little bit of the Pittsburgh game. Okay. So let's, let's, it's basically eight complete weeks missing plus, plus some, if you divide 0.2 by eight, you get 0.00. No. So part, sorry, 0.025 per game was the loss for, for losing Ronnie Stanley, the loss from Jackson, for losing him for that might be a game and a half, I guess, maybe maybe half, the yeah. Cleveland game. So he was 0.08 per game as we discussed earlier. So losing Jackson was three times as important as losing Stanley mm-hmm. three times and change point, 0.08 versus 0.025. But beyond that, if you look at, at uh, the Jackson thing, the PFF grades for Jackson would be something that don't really reflect Jackson's value because the big part about Jackson is he improves every other player on the team. Yep. And it's it's different from other quarterbacks where their where their contribution is is a lot personal, particularly for pocket quarterbacks. Yep, exactly. Like when when you look at the the Ravens running game, I have the uh, metric 
rushing yards over expected. Yes. Um, when you ask people to name the top running backs in the NFL, they go Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins don't come up as often as um, as they show up in this in this metric. They show up really high in their rushing yards over expected, and a big reason for that is because Lamar, uh, you know, takes up so much of the defense. He's he's such a dual mm-hmm. threat that it opens up the running game for these for these other running backs. Well, I, I, I agree with that. And what that tells me is that they're not coming close to capturing Lamar's value in their statistics. I, you know, you're kind of an insider at PFF. What are they trying to do to correct the metrics or to expand the metrics to take into account for that value? Yeah. So, um, yeah, war is, war is a work in progress right now. Um, it's, it's shown pretty good results and shown pretty good stability year to year when evaluating players. But, uh, one of the things they're trying to do right now is, uh, Eric who created the metric thinks that it, it overvalues secondary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it overvalues safeties and cornerbacks because there's really two types of safeties. There's, you know, there's the Jamal Adams types that that play more like in the box and, sure. and stuff like that that are basically glorified linebackers that have less of an impact of the than the safeties that play deep into coverage like Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so so he's trying to work out the kinks on that too. And then with cornerbacks, um, it uses a lot of their PFF grade, but right now corners are only graded when they're targeted. Okay. So uh, that's a, a slight flaw in the grading. Okay. Um, as you know, if, if Jalen Ramsey is locking down a wide receiver the whole game, but he only gets targeted once, then that's when he's graded. Uh, so, so they're working on fixing that too. So that that was something I, I've I've known Neil Hornsby since the beginning, since he was starting PFF, and we we had conversations about this way back then. Well, his point was that there were there was a small increase in grade for every snap where a cornerback was not targeted. Does that still exist within the PFF ratings? So if, uh, if, a, if a corner is on the field, he's not targeted. Mm-hmm. There's a small increase every time that happens. Yeah. So yeah, that does that, but I still don't think it fully accounts for, it does a pretty okay. good job, but it, it, I don't think it's perfect yet. It, it, it could improve. And, and the, the other part of that is that, is that um, if you have a much smaller, pool of of uh, action plays basically that you're scoring mm-hmm. you obviously you don't have what you have for an offensive lineman where they're literally getting a thousand at bats every year yeah uh, in terms of their individual snaps and, and and being scored on those yep yep exactly okay all right outstanding i so, say always looking for depth by the way people do not understand pff grades highly recommend the service highly recommend you go out mm-hmm. and and get their elite level service if you can afford it it's it's a valuable thing uh, I liked it even more when I could see the individual grades uh, totals because I think that you lose something. The old system, really, there's something to be said for it because the the plus two to minus two system was still underlies what the scores are today, but it, but you don't show it anymore. And so people don't understand why a really bad game will overwhelm a number of pretty good games from a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and then, yeah, then the, the last point of this list is Jimmy Smith who got – uh, injured week 12 against the Browns ended up missing three games and you know he's a pretty good player so it had mm-hmm. it had a had a good amount of impact on the team also along with the other corners Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters being a little bit banged up throughout the season they contributed to some war adjusted injuries lost also okay some really interesting names on this list so for for one thing Jimmy Smith 
lost for three games. And I, I thought it was more than that, but that's okay. Jimmy Smith's loss for however long it was, was more than Lamar Jackson for a game and a half. A little mm-hmm. surprising. Okay. But then I go down to the fourth name on the list. Anthony Averett's loss for how many games was that? Two or three games? Mm-hmm. Four games? Whatever it was, is is a relatively significant loss to the Ravens and a guy they still have not signed long-term. So uh, interesting, interesting choice there. Uh, Nick Boyle's loss for a significant amount of time there where the Ravens really had to make new decisions about how to run their offense, only 0.07 losses. So looks like this is very well dominated by the, the secondary players and to yeah. a lesser extent, Calais Campbell way down there at 0.05 on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what war is usually uh, dominated by, right? You know, it goes, if you were to, if you were to sum up the war of, of the top 32 players of every team, um, it would go quarterback one um, as expected, but then cornerback and safety would be two and three on that list. So it is very secondary dominated right now. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that, how the metric evolves. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see that, but we're really not here to talk about war as opposed to talking about whale. And this is where your work is, Tage. So let's keep going with that. Yeah. So this is, um, what what you expected when when you reached out to me was the 2015 Ravens uh, ended up being one of the most injured teams that we've seen uh, since we started tracking whale and in 2012 they were the most injured team total in 2015 which led them to have a disappointing season um, it was it was their highest whale since since 2012 and then um, out of the out of the 256 teams we have in our database they were the 20th most injured all time. Oh wow! Okay, so that's big, and that's since since 2012. Yeah, so you, you got two, 32 times nine. Hmm, that'd be oh, sorry, it'd be, uh, yeah, it'd be not 256. It'd be 288. Um, yeah. Okay, so and and tell me what I'm looking at on this graph. So I'm looking at e- each of these years. I can see at the bottom, and then the uh, I, I, I I'm having trouble reading this. I don't have my glasses on here, but what's the what is the thing on the left? I'm I'm reading. Yeah, so this is their war-weighted injuries, basically whale, their whale in the yeah. season. So yeah, so um, and then you can see each individual team is plotted with those um, light black dots there. So if you yeah, if you look up at 2015, the Ravens logo was above every single team's right. dot. So okay, and I can see. So who's who are the teams at the top? I guess we would know from the previous thing from or maybe not. From 2020, who are those two tops? Because they're the two tops of, of the entire era. It looks yep, like. those are the the 2020 Cowboys and 2020 49ers uh, um, who helped contribute to 2020 being, even if you take out COVID, 2020 had the highest whale cumulative of any season. Um, and, it, and it wasn't particularly close. Do we, do we do we think of 2020 as being a big quarterback injury season? Because I guess we had certainly some of that. The 49ers had a lot of injuries at every position. But yeah, and then Dak, uh, Joe Burrow was pretty big for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, tw- yeah, 2017 was really the the quarterback injury season because you had you know you'd Wentz go down and and Case Keenum playing for the Vikings and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, 2020 was was the worst year of injuries. Okay. All right, out, outstanding stuff. This this really shows it. I mean, 2015. I did something as the year moved on, where I was looking at uh, what was the new expected win total for the Ravens each week, and how had it been affected by the previous week's things. And I always felt like I was I was ascribing too much to injuries, but this would tell me no, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, it was 
it was it was a it was certainly a horrible injury year. And by the way, if you ever want to do that, don't do it in a season where your team has a bad a bad year. It's no fun to write that article for 16 straight. <laughs> well, I'm a Lions fan, so um, those those good years don't happen that often. But I'll I'll have to pick one eventually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So what else we got? So yeah. So if we if we take a cl- closer look. I'm sorry. Could we go back for just a second? Mm-hmm. Let's look at the 2012 Ravens because that team I thought of as having a lot of serious injuries, starting with Terrell Suggs getting a basketball injury in the offseason. It does not look like the Ravens were really had that terrible year in 2012 when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good year by their standards. That's often what we found is, you know, I, I talked about the, the the four teams in the conference championship this year having mm-hmm. good injury luck to, to win a Super Bowl. Um, you have, you, you know, you have to have a lot of things go your way. And one of them is injuries. And, um, and then we're even seeing that in, in the NBA playoffs right now with, oh sure uh, yeah, with, with, it's just like who, who can stay the healthiest basically. Um, but yeah, very, that's very prevalent in football too. Okay. Outstanding. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're going to go to the case study in a little more depth. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's take a closer look at the 2015 uh, Ravens, so Steve Smith rupturing his Achilles week eight, missing the second half of the season. Um, huge impact on the mm-hmm. Ravens. He was, he was having a really good year, and and that, that contributed a lot of whale. Um, and then Joe Flacco was having a down year in 2015, but he was, you know, he ranked um, 27th in, in expected points added per play. Uh, you know, weeks one through 11, but then he got injured in week 11 uh, with the ACL. And so that contributed because it's still a starting quarterback, even if he was having a down year. So those were the two main injuries that, that made the Ravens one of the most injured teams. Um, and then they had a, a lot of small ones too. Okay. This brings up another question. And this was something I, I, I meant to ask you before. So we'd have this straight before the presentation, but um, which year of injury, sorry, which year of value is used to project how much value is lost. So you, you could do the same year, in which case you wouldn't necessarily get a very good value. It might be a few games, might be not used the previous year. What do you use? Yeah, so that's a great question. That's something that we uh, we tweaked a lot. Basically what it is, is it's a combination of their career war entering the season and then their war during the season. So as the season goes on, it starts to their projected war for each game starts to shift more to what they're doing in that specific season. Mm. While if they get injured in week two, it's more weighted towards their career war as a whole. So it, it accounts for small sample sizes and stuff like that. Okay. That's, that's a good method. That's kind of the way football outsiders does it. I think with their Dave metric. So they have a previous year's, uh, uh, expected or preseason expected wins, and then you you start feeding in the value as the season goes along to to then reproject weeks or the twelve. You have mm-hmm. the full season expected wins. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad to hear that. That's that's well done. Uh, what what else? Anything else about this team? There's some names on here. I can't believe they contributed this much in terms of losses. Like Jeremy <laughs> Zuda, Crockett Gilmore, the third biggest injury. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it. So one of the, one of the other, uh, problems was, um, we, you know, we scraped the injury data from, from pro football references website. Mm-hmm. So what I've heard in the industry is that pro football reference is really accurate with their injury reports from 20, 2018 onward. 
um, we were a little bit hesitant with using the injury data from before 2018, um, just because it's it's not perfect, which is why we'll eventually go through and, and check it. But um, in the original piece, yeah, the the years before 2018, which should be taken with like a grain of salt um, as it gets more accurate after that. Okay, now the biggest injury of the year might have been in game one where they lost Terrell Suggs in the game against Denver. Um, how can that only be 0.03 war adjusted injuries lost? Yeah, that's a that's a specific case that uh, that we'll have to look closer at in the code. Um, some of the mm-hmm. some of the players there's there's some there's some bugs that that we need to tweak, but um, that's definitely one that probably should have been higher. Uh, maybe his his war wasn't as high or um, maybe the, the weighting wasn't correct on, on his war and stuff like that. So okay. um, he had a big 2014 with 16, 17 sacks. I mean, it was just, I think it was his career high in sacks that year. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll need to take a closer look at that. That's, that's something we probably need to uh, tweak a little bit because he, sh- he, sh- he probably shouldn't be that low. Okay. All right. All right. So anyway, Great point here. Interest, two interesting things, at least about this, or multiple probably, but the 2015 injury, Ravens had a terrible injury year, and Steve Smith was actually a more costly injury at midseason than Joe Flacco, who I think was only injured for about the last, maybe in five or six games, actually, mm-hmm. now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. Well, very interesting. Let's uh, keep moving on this. Cool. Yeah, oh, that's all I have for the uh, the the Ravens specifically. Um now those were the those were the two years I want to look at twenty twenty and twenty fifteen. Okay, I, you have anything else you want to show us? Um, I can, I mean, I can I can kind of go through through the the article that um, that introduces whale and stuff like that if you want more background on it. Um, I think you know I think how the thing is is uh, developed, which is important. So it takes if I could restate this, it takes PFF war. It uses that as the basis for it. And then your wins adjusted injuries lost is based on import importance of the positions already built into the war, but it's based on injury games actually lost. And then if they lost, if they play fewer snaps than normal, then they also might get a reduction in a game like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sums it up okay. perfectly. Okay. And if they, if they played fewer snaps than normal, but were not on the injury report, they might still get a reduction because you might assume that they were injured in that game. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, the example that I used earlier was Lamar playing Mm -hmm. right after he had COVID uh, against Dallas was something that we, we attributed some of his whale towards just because you don't know how healthy is uh, just getting out of his 10 day quarantine and stuff like that. Okay, now I was thinking a different thing. This would be more amusing anyway, but the Lamar Jackson bathroom game on Cleveland yeah. on Monday night, did that have no reduction then? So yeah, so since that so since that's not technically enough threshold to say that he got injured during the game, uh that had no reduction, but um you know, Trace McSorley might have gotten a little bit of war when he got injured mm-hmm. in that game, like maybe a small small amount. Like, okay. Yeah. All right, poor Trace. That's uh, that may be his last game, and and Maybe, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, if if I think in terms of methodology, I think we're covered in terms of where you are. Why don't you tell people where the article is so they can go out and take a look at this? Yeah. So the the article is on on PFF's website. Um, it's called it's called PFF Data Study Introducing War Adjusted Injuries Lost. 
Um, so yeah, so it goes through the the main point of that article was kind of looking at it was kind of like this where we talked about the methodology. Um, we we looked at some specific examples like the 2020 49ers and 2020 Cowboys being the most injured team ever. Um, we looked into how the the Ravens division rival, the Bengals, consistently have the most whale or are in the top five for whale year hmm. after year. So we you know whale is is very unstable. It's it, it has no correlation from year to year, which is what we'd expect because injuries are pretty random. But the Bengals have somehow had their last managed to mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah, in typical Bengals fashion, they've somehow managed to be consistently the most injured team going from 2012 to 2020. Um they've lost their their last six first round draft picks have gotten injured during their rookie year. Jeez. Which that's, is that's just incredible. Yeah. It was, that's just yeah incredible. It, was just, it was a crazy find to have. Like they're yeah, they've been they've been the only um consistent now, injured team. Now the Ravens had a lot of camp injuries for several years in a row. And it seems like 2015, 16, 17, 18, they had a significant number of camp injuries. One of the things they did is they brought in Steve Saunders, I think in part to try and help reduce those injuries. And I think it's a combination of, you know, st your strength coaching is better, your calisthenics are better, mm -hmm. and they do a better job of loosening you up. So there may actually be some stability from franchise to franchise of how those injuries turn out. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, so yeah, so it's, the uh, interesting to me that the Bengals would have a problem like that and not fix it after so many years of failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, two things about that that point. So when you look at football outsiders adjusted games lost, which was mm -hmm. the metric I was talking about where it treats every player the same, there is some stability to that year to year. So the conclusion that we kind of came to is that teams can do certain things to prevent injuries or not prevent injuries, but whoever the injuries happen to is totally random, which is why whale has no stability, but adjusted games lost, which is just the total amount of injuries that a team has, has a little bit of stability. Okay. So, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I would just think that if, if, if you had one that was stable by team, then it would also play through to be stable at the player level, because you would, you would, you know, there, there should be zero correlation between what position they're lost at, or, or maybe that you could make the case there's zero correlation, but you're still going to lose more games in total. And then each one is a random die roll on the position effectively that you're losing. Mm -hmm. So you would yeah. still expect stability at the, at the individual level. I would, I would have thought it's a very interesting presentation, obviously a very important topic Tage. really appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, you mentioned where the article was, uh, you, one more time, your, your Twitter handle. Yeah. My Twitter handle is, uh, at MFB analytics. Um, and then I, yeah, if you, if you look right after this, this episode, you'll see a graph where I show the, uh, the Ravens having the highest yards before carry or before contact in the league because mm -hmm. of their super explosive run game, um, and, and great offensive line both contributing to that, uh, which is really Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson. Um, he just, yeah, he, he makes everything that the Ravens do really special in the run game makes it, um, really exciting to watch. So, so. where can they, where can they same place where they can find that article. Yeah. If you look for, for PFF, uh, Tage, you can, and that's T E G T E J. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Then you can probably find it. Yep. Exactly. Okay.
All right. Outstanding. Pleasure to have you on, Tage. Hope we can have you back on for other analytic pieces like this. This kind of, kind of content is pure gold. Uh, I love it, even if the fans don't you know, only like it 80% as much as I do. But uh, <laughs> we're going to have more of this. Uh, really appreciate having you on. Other folks out there, if you want to do a film study short, contact me by Twitter, and we'll talk about it. Uh, really appreciate having you on. Tage? Yeah, thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, and I'd love to come back and uh, and talk more about analytics and stuff like that. We'll make that happen, and we'll talk to you next time on Film It's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.